So I've had several members uh, who have been used to uh, the way we have been functioning for nine months now with those old, can we all agree jankity is the right word? Uh, Speakers uh, and I've had so many people come up to me and say, thank y'all for working hard on this this week. And I just want to, I want to express with everything in me that I had nothing to do with this. Um, I walked in here often and um, would see the hard work of people who designed this, thought this up with Dwayne and Andy and Andy's getting his guys to work on this. I saw DJ running around non-stop making sure this and that was in place. He would come into my office and he goes, I'm just trying to make sure I don't forget everything. And I had none of the information he needed in my head. Um, I'm just a presence. <laughs> and I would walk in and be completely useless in this room. But I'm so thankful for DJ, um, for Andy, for Dwayne, for Marjorie, for all those who chipped in and helped. And it was... Oh, we just have uh, such a depth of giving people in this place, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, Yeah, I'm... Many people have noted that I usually stand on the edge of the stage with my feet hanging off, and now I'm caged in like an animal, and I don't like it, but it's okay. No, I I do love it. I do love it, Um, but I won't be putting my feet up there or anything like that. I won't be balancing on it, so you don't have to worry. I think of a first century city that is bustling with movement and trades and uh, the the marketplace is uh, overwhelming. You ever walk into a mall or a store and think there are too many people here. And most of us don't leave and help. But we just add to the problem. You think, this is, I, can't, I can't function here. But then here you go, you function. You're, you're doing, you're, you go in and you buy the stuff and you take it to the self-checkout because they don't have manned checkouts anymore. You have, they're, pay, they're not paying me to do it. Anyway. So there's, there, there's that hub, that hustle and that, that just the noise of the store. And the Roman marketplace was way worse than Target on Black Friday. People trying to get what they need, knowing that there are shortages of things and that, they're, that they, they've got to get what they need before anybody else can get what they need. Landing on shore, pulling up to the dock in your boat and stepping out onto that place makes zero ripples. Like me walking into this auditorium, no one noticed. They had stuff to do, things to accomplish. So when Phoebe sets foot in Rome, it doesn't make a noise. 
It doesn't impact the market. It doesn't impact the people. It doesn't impact the government. But she steps foot in Rome, shows up unnoticed, unannounced, and by most uninvited. But she knows that in her stash, in her satchel, she has something that's going to change the world. She makes her way to a place she's been told about, and probably makes her way to several different places she's been told about. These little things we call churches. They call them meetings, gatherings, the way. And at times, it's pretty secretive to show up and to know where these places are. But she's been told. She's being led. Her and her companions show up to that door and go in. And it's there, in that place, that the ripples throughout eternity will be made. No one notices when she shows up in Rome, but in the Roman churches, within those places, Phoebe has something to share. She's holding in her hand what we know as the Book of Romans. Or, as we knew it in in grade school, Acts and the Letter to the Romans. Not Acts, but she's, she's got this letter from Paul, and she didn't know, Phoebe doesn't know, that in, in 2,000 years, we would be holding this in bound copies, that, that the, the, the letter she was holding in her hand was, a, was something that would be retyped and reprinted and rewritten over and over again, that people would read this out loud to each other to offer each other hope, that people would read this out loud to each other to offer each other uh, peace and, and forgiveness, and the gospel would be shared through the reading of Romans. That over and over again, people would read Romans and their hearts would be filled with what Jesus has done for them. She just knows, all she knows is she's got this letter from Paul. And she's reading this letter from Paul to these churches that are fighting with one another. She's delivering this letter. And she's walking into places where they are divided. One church is doing their thing because of, because of really what they're serving. And one church was doing their thing because of they wanted to be able to eat freely. You know, what divides us sometimes is how we interpret Romans. But what divide, divided them was whether they could have bacon at the meal. Which I think is pretty divisive, too just obviously joking but like that that was serious that was their religious that was their tradition that was their law it was important and so they were divided over this and Paul wrote a letter into the Roman churches saying talking about how that the love of Christ does not separate and nothing can separate us 
And he's speaking into these churches, hoping to unite them around the idea that even though we may disagree about what's on the table, we, dis- we do not disagree about who gets to be around the table in love. And that love for each other is what brings us to the table. That, lo- that, that what Jesus has done for us in our context, what, and then how we see each other now because of that, that's what unites us. See, Paul actually never gets to a place where he says, all right, time to tell you who's right. But he just keeps reminding them of what Jesus did for them and what love then should act like because of that. Paul has a lot to accomplish here in this letter. And again, letters, Paul didn't write letters so that he could expound and write theology on the topic. He didn't write, he didn't write down things and send them to Philippi and go, you know, I wrote this blog about joy and I think they would really enjoy it. He didn't, write, he didn't write an angry scrawl against the Galatians and then decide, I'm going, you know what, I'm going to send this to them. The letters we find from Paul are in two places, in two circumstances, and they have a human being standing in front of them, reading them to the church, saying, I, Paul, and then there they go, they start. And the reader knows what they're getting into. I once had a man tell me, as a preacher, you get compliments sometimes that are not such a thing. uh, They're double backhanded, just a double. He said, I liked it, just never knew where you were going with it until the end. And it was, it was definitely like a fix that comment. And the thing I always thought about that was uh, we don't complain about movies that way. You know, you don't get to the end of Sixth Sense and be like, well, I didn't see that coming and storm out. You liked the not knowing. Maybe we should make the room darker. And put me on a screen. That's a mistake. I don't believe that's true. No one wants this bigger. Now we can do that now, but we're not gonna. So, but this, this Phoebe there stands with this letter and she knows where it's going. She's sat with Paul as, he's, as she's read it to him and he's corrected her on how to, well, okay, when you say that, you, let's, I, I need that to be firm. I need that to be the main point. So he's coaching. Letter reading was something that was very important to the, to the ancient world. And being able to read it the way it was written, to be able to convey it the way it was meant, took work. And Phoebe had practiced with Paul, and now she was standing in front of these people ready to tell them about how the love of Christ should affect them. How the sacrifice, how the gospel should affect them. 
And they are happy to receive her, but they don't know it's coming. They don't know that she's going to get into the sticky issues. She's going to tell them what's dividing them isn't worth dividing them. That they are not showing love whenever they are dividing. That they are choosing their issue over their relationships. And that the love of Christ should not separate us from each other. We shouldn't, because of our faith in Jesus, therefore go, well, I, I believe this way and so we are divided. That is, that is human arrogance interfering with the holy gospel. And we, we cannot let that happen. And Paul could not let that happen in Rome. So Phoebe stands there and tells them, Tells them what Paul has to say. Now you may be going, wait, hold on. Did Phoebe, Phoebe read Romans? First person to read Rome? Most likely. That's the, pretty much the consensus in Roman scholarship. Uh, it, it's newer consensus, but it's getting there. But she, the deliverer of the letter often read the letter. Most often read the letter. She's first listed in the greeting. And so here she is. Reading this letter. And you know what? I don't care who reads it. In the end, I love that Phoebe reads it, frankly. But whoever, whoever is standing there reading this to them is the first one to call them out, is the first one to declare that Paul, Paul, Paul's got something to tell, to you, tell you guys. And it's in the heart of it, in the heart of the unity message of Romans, which you can find in Romans 16, but dare anyone to preach a good sermon on Romans 16 that hasn't been preached by Fred Craddock already. That's an, that may be an inside joke to most of you, but go listen to Fred Craddock's sermon on Romans 16. It's on YouTube. It's unbelievable. This, this un, uniting that happens there at the end where he's saying, you guys need to eat together and then let me tell you who I'm going to say hi to. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say hi to, to Jews, to Romans, uh, to Gentiles, to Greeks. I'm going to say hi to men and women, to rich and poor. I'm going to say hi. Let me tell you who's in the room here. And we're all in the room we're all in the room because Jesus invited us into the room. We're all at the table because Jesus invited us to the table. And the grace we find, the grace we find in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. The instruction and the challenge we find in Romans 12, 13, and 14. The, the, this call to be the church, not just to be saved, not just to be forgiven, not just to have hope and resurrection, but to be the people of God in a place where it doesn't feel like the people of God that we're always causing a ripple, that we're always making an impact. It doesn't always feel like we're impactful, but we keep 
taking the steps we're called to take. We keep doing the things we're called to do. Loving the people we're called to love. Now don't, don't get all Pharisee on me here at this point. Don't start asking who's my neighbor. When we are called, when we are called to be the people of God in a place, it, can't, it might not always feel like we're making one big impact after another. Like, oh, I've got something to say, and I've got something that you need to read, and I've got something that you need to know, and I've got a take that you need to hear. But to lovingly stand in front of a group of people and, and remind them of God's love for them, to stand in front of a group of people and remind them what they're called to, not many tables, but one. Not many kingdoms, but one. And that whenever Paul says, I'm convinced that nothing, that nothing in this world can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing at all can separate us from the love of Christ. When he declares that, he's not just saying that, he's not just saying that there is something that... We may think there's something that God can, that will make God quit loving us. But the love of Christ is deeper than God's affection toward me, although it is that. But the love of Christ is what binds me to you. Some of us have nothing in common. Some of you are tall and handsome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but it made my day. Some of you enjoy uh, watching Civil War documentaries. Some of you like reading different types of books. We're about to start the college football season. And other than election time, it's just the worst time to be a minister. The flock's divided. It's hateful. Got a blasted Alabama fan leading worship. It's just tough. Real time. But we have the divisions among us, the differences among us. It's no. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Paul's using that language very specifically because sometimes we think that the love of Christ is just the way God feels about me. But when, it, when it's us that is loved by God, and I see you as loved, God loves you as much as God loves me. God loves you as much as God loves, God forgave you as much as God forgave me. That, that you are God's beloved. I, I can't get all mad at you. Because there's a spot at you. Yeah, we can disagree. Sit at the table, let's disagree. But to be the people of God. Phoebe's reminding them as, she, as Paul reminds us. As she would stand in front of us and remind us. That what binds us together is not our traditions. It's not how we've always done things. It's not how we've always had things down and always made sure this person did that and always. 
We moved communion a song down when I was growing up. People were fainting. It was a big deal. The way we've always, the way we've always. The sentence, the way we've always, has never really been true, is it? Because before you always did that, you always did something else. And so on and so forth, backward, and traditions change, things change. But what binds us together through all of that is what Paul reminds those Roman churches through this woman that stepped off a boat insignificant to that place. But what she carried had deep, lasting, impactful significance. You may feel as though, yes, I'm loved by Christ, I'm loved by my church. You may feel as though You aren't a significant player in the kingdom of God. And you may be right, but what you carry can change the world. This this love that you have to offer, this joy, this patience you you can have for this world, this kindness that you can show to the sinners, the ones in the mirror and the ones on the street, what you have to offer, what you carry around with you, that can cause ripples throughout eternity. Because it's not your power that makes the kingdom of God go. It's not your significance. It's not your intellect. It's not how you figured it out. It's not your, uh, it's not, there's nothing about you. But the spirit that's in you, that can change the world. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are holy. And you are with us. And may we take you around with us. May the love we find in you and from you, may that, may that always unite us in our brokenness, in our frailty, in our arrogance. God, help us to be your kingdom to this place. God, may the power that you offer be bigger than any of our brokenness. The love that you give us overcome our hatefulness. God, bless us as a church. Send us people you want to love, not just to this building, but send us to them as well. Guide our steps. And while we may not feel like we're making a dent in this world, God, do great things through us. If it be your will, God, do great things through us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.